Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You know, it's, we were talking about what this is like to stand up here and talk. And, you know, this is such a family and such a close group that it's really like we're just going to sit in the living room and have a conversation. And um, exactly. That's a conversation, by the way, with you and me. Right. You can't sit there and be quiet because I like to have the intercourse back and forth with us. That that helps a bunch. So, um, you know, when Greg said, I'm looking for someone to preach on the first Sunday in January, I thought, fresh start. Right. That's a that's a no brainer. We're just going to jump right out there and talk about fresh start. And um, God's really as I went through this over the past week or so, I thought, you know, this is just going to be kind of light and not real deep. But man, never, never. It just the opportunity for God to work and to teach and to work on your heart is always there, Amen. always there. And I found some really cool stuff. And hopefully as we go through this morning, you'll find some cool stuff, too. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about some scriptures. We're going to talk about some Bible characters and then open it up and give you an opportunity to share what might be have been a new start in your life and what God has done there. But before we start, let's pray. Father, we just bless you and thank you for the new year that's before us. And thank you that you love us and care for us so dearly. Thank you that no new start comes without you, that, Father, you are there guiding and leading us. Pray for this time this morning, Lord, that it would just be uh, fun, that it would, your spirit would just work in our hearts, and that you would reveal yourself more to each one of us uh, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We like new starts, right? We yeah. like fresh starts. Mm-hmm. Kind of look forward to, you know, it doesn't matter if it's in January. Sometimes it's like in September. When kids go off to school, boom, new start. Fresh start right? <laughs> Do something there, right? Um, but we all like them. And I kind of want to just lay the groundwork with some scripture. And I'm not going to do a lot of commentary on scripture. I'm actually going to let scripture just minister to you as we go through this. But let's start with um, in Philippians, right? In Philippians 3, 12 through 14. And we'll come back and we'll talk about this verse some more. But um, it's, it's page 321 in your pew Bible. If you want to look there, you can follow along with me. Um, Philippians 3.12, not as though I've already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I want to read this. That was King James. I want to read this in the faith translation. Because this is where it really, <laughs> for me, speaks to my heart. What's the faith translation? The faith translation is um, a translation that has been put together by our brother John Fazio. Um, it's available online. You just need to Google the faith translation. And it comes up. He hasn't gotten through the entire New Testament, but he's got enough of the books that it's good stuff. And in in reading it, I think it, it reveals God's heart towards us and how much He loves us. So I just I just really like the faith translation. And we're going to go back and forth between King James and faith translation and a couple of different other <laughs> verses that we talk about. But this is the same verse. Not that I already obtained to the thing which my heart finds certainty in and hopes for or have already been made perfect in my body immortal, but I follow after the faith of Christ, so that I may lay hold of the life and immortality which God has purposed and promised from the beginning, for which my heart has also been grabbed hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not consider myself to have already obtained to the resurrection and redemption of my body, but this one thing I do, Forgetting the death that once reigned over me, and those things which are now behind me, I reach forward to the sure hope of the same life that is in Christ Jesus my Lord that is before me. I pursue that life which my heart has always desired, which is also the mark that God has fixed his eyes on for my life from the beginning. And toward the prize he has called me to, and and with the most eloquent speech and the highest calling, of God in Christ Jesus. And we're going to talk about that more later, but man, the difference between those two verses, at least mm. what it does to my heart, is pretty significant, right? So I just wanted to lay the groundwork, set the stage, right, as to what fresh start might be all about. But before that, we're going to have a little bit of fun. 
we're going to play kind of GRC version of Family Feud, <laughs> right? which is why I wanted you here. And for you folks online, you get to play too. We're going to have three teams. There are no prizes. This isn't competitive. No one's going to, you know, win or lose in this, right? But I've, I've got the top 10 overall resolutions. They're in general. They're not specific to any year or any particular time or place, um, but they're just at the top 10, right? So um, I'm just going to say this group first, second, and then we'll do, Becky is in charge of the online group. I told her she has complete control. She can make it up or she can do <laughs> consensus with all of you that put in. But if you're online, get to your keyboards. Get, you're going to put it in the comments what you think the answer is, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me. I've written up your top 10 resolutions. Let's see if we can get through all 10. So if you want to confer a little bit with your, you know, with your team before you do that, you can do that. But we're starting here. What's, and I, and they're in no particular order. I'll just put them up there if they come up, right? What do you think number one is? Or what is your, what do you want to put lose up there? Weight. Lose weight. Uh, lose weight. All right. Lose weight is number two. Oh. <laughs> now there's a couple of things you can say about lose weight. Here's, here's a couple of resolutions, right? My New Year's resolution usually starts with wanting to lose between 10 and 3,000 pounds. <laughs> and my last year's resolution was to lose 20 pounds by Christmas. And I only have 30 to go. <laughs> that is so true. Okay, over here. What you're going to put up there? Exercise. Ah, there it's number one. Exercise. Yeah. Oh. I wouldn't have to say get in shape. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the same thing? Get in shape? Exercise? Yeah, that, I would put that the same thing, right? Okay, here's the verse that you're going to find totally out of context that everyone's going to use for this, right? First Corinthians 9.26. For that reason, I don't run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion. I subdue my body and get it under control. And that's usually where they stop, right there at that comma. Because the rest of it says, so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. Now, that doesn't quite fit if you're taking a secular perspective of what exercise is, right? So I have some personal best exercises that I really like to do. Maybe you've, you've probably engaged in some of these, like jumping to conclusions, <laughs> right? Um, running around in circles. <laughs> um, bending over backwards, making mountains out of molehills. And um, one that I really like, I believe a lot of stretching is important for your body, but stretching the truth is the other <laughs> so, Okay, Becky, do we have an online input? Read the Bible more. Read the Bible more. Okay, so we're going to put that as read more. There actually, yeah, read more. actually, there are no spiritual resolutions really? in any of these. Huh. In top ten general ones. But we'll, we're all heathens. They're all heathens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was over here. That was the last one. Read more. Right? To read more. Wow, I got a whole group over here. <laughs> I know. That's, that's unfairly balanced. <laughs> okay, back over here. You have get to join here. We're doing top 10 resolutions. Get out of debt. Get out of debt. Get, yeah. get out of debt, right? Okay, that's number number six, right? That came as um, save money or spend less, right? So I can tell you there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible associated with money. And I think probably 1,999 of them have been misinterpreted and used carnally and not really told what, what it's all about. Because <laughs> this world loves money. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so that was this group. We're yeah. back over here. <laughs> Eat healthier. Eat better. Eat better. Eat better. Not on there. Oh. <laughs> we need a buzzer. That's what. Try another one. Drink less. With that? Drink less. Drink less. <laughs> that one's not on there either. <laughs> not on there? No. Wow. Mm -mm. Online now. That's right. <laughs> what did he say? I'm just thinking. No one's reading. That's right. Okay, Becky. How about online? How about less social media? Let, oh, oh no, wow. see this one? Not on there. That's on there. What is it? That's number seven. That's what I figured. Stop smoking. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know what the other ones could be. Okay, we're back over here. It's like a lot. 
Spend more time with my family. Yeah, that's on there. Absolutely. That's number eight. Maybe we're not. Okay. <laughs> Except it shouldn't be a resolution. Yeah. <laughs> we got to be tall to like our family. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. They're so difficult to live with. That's good. Okay, we're over here. Get organized. Yes. Wow. Very good for all the OTD members in the in the in the group. That's actually number three. Oh no! Wow. We're not keeping score. I'm not going to tell you how I know that. That's no. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know. I'm going to get it organized. Okay, online, Becky. Save the planet. Save, Save the planet. No, afraid not. <laughs> I try another one. Drink more water. <laughs> Sorry. Drink more water. Drink no. No. Hmm. Okay, okay. We're back over here. Can you give us a hint? Sure. Um, how about a skill or a hobby? Travel more. Travel more. That's on there. Okay. Yes. Number nine. Good one. That was her idea. <laughs> oh, my wife didn't look at my notes ahead of time. So, all right, we're almost done. Got two more. We're over here. <laughs> that was funny. Work on the house. No. no. Mm -mm. Get a hobby. Get a hobby. Right. That's one. Learn a new skill or a hobby. Right. All what right. number is that one? That's number four. All right. I had a good hint on that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good hint. So I really like this one. I think that's a really good one. What What is one? What is a skill or a hobby you would like to learn this year? Spanish. Learn. I'm learning Spanish. Spanish. Good for you. Blow glass. Play more tennis. What'd you say? Did you say blow glass? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They have one of those in Slaydale. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, right across on Highway the 11. On Highway 11. Right. Right. Okay. Becky, any more? Um, go to church more. Which one? Go, go to church more. No spiritual resolutions on Be this. Be kinder. Be kinder is not there, but it's a good one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No. All right. Yeah, How about over here? We got to <laughs> fill one more gap. Gee. Here, I'll give it to you. It's live life to the fullest. Oh, yeah. I was thinking have more fun. Carpe diem. Right. There you go. <laughs> the, the GRC family feud, right? <laughs> Y'all did really good. And I was thinking maybe we'd do this again some other time. And I've, I've thought of a couple of topics, right? How about top ten lies the church has taught us? <laughs> okay. okay. How about um, top lies about who God is? Oh, are we going to flip the board over and put the top ten? No. <laughs> no. I'm just saying these. I'll throw these out. Maybe maybe Greg will want to pick up and do this What's another time. Or maybe mm. Reese or I or someone else will want to do it another. How about top ten lies about who we are and what our identity is? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, there's a couple there, right? So, and if you've got more top tens, send them in, and we'll see what happens, right? Y'all did really well with that, really well. So we've got these we've got these resolutions that we put up here. And we kind of all, I don't know if you, I, I don't like resolutions. I've kind of walked away from resolutions. But there's some statistics, statistics about um, how these work out in life over time, right? So of those who make New Year's resolutions, after one week, how many do you think are still successful? Uh, half. Yeah, 90, more than half. 75%. 25% have bailed already in one week. 75 are still added. After two weeks, the number drops to 71%. After a month, to 64%. And after after six months, 54% of the people have said, I'm done with resolutions. 46 are still trying to make it work. Oh, whoa. Wow. That's right? surprising. Well, you trying. just have to try it. After 10 months, there's none. <laughs> Zero. Very few. In, in 2016, of those that made resolutions, only 9% made it one year. Yeah. In 2007, it must have been a better year because 12% of those who made resolutions were successful. And they said, the reason for failure, I've made too many unrealistic expectations, too many goals. Um, some of them didn't keep track of their resolutions. Half or a quarter of them forgot their resolutions, and one in ten said there were too many resolutions. So, now, now Jen, I got to tell you, the next year, the twelve percent that said that they actually did it need to put 
quit lying. <laughs> now, see, here's some here's some really interesting things that went with this, right? Generational statistics. So here, I'll give you a breakdown, right? I'm a baby boomer. A lot of us are here between the ages of 57 and 75, so late 50s to mid-70s. We're boomers. Gen X, your early 40s to mid-50s. Millennial or Gen Y, your mid-20s to early 40s. Gen C, your preteen to mid-20s. And then alpha generation doesn't count because they're unborn to 9 or 10 years old. But baby boomers want most of their resolutions are to lose weight, right? That's the most important. And given the place in life, saving money was one of the least important things compared to all of the other generations. And that, as you think about that, that kind of makes sense, right? We're past, most of us are past our peak earning and we're just kind of enjoying You saved or you didn't. You, exactly, yeah. you either you saved or you didn't. <laughs> Right, right. Too late so now. <laughs> this, is, this is one thing boomers have got to own up to, though. We were the least successful of any generation with only 2% sticking to our resolutions. Oh, wow. <laughs> Seems like you, it was, you guys are the wise ones. Well, yeah. yeah. That's right. It was the toughest resolution to lose weight. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> Millennials are the most confident at keeping their resolutions, and they are also the most successful res, um, generation at keeping their resolutions. Gen X, which is the um, nine to 24 year olds, are four times more concerned with finding love than any other age group. I don't know, we got a couple of Gen Xs over here. <laughs> or Gen, Gen Z, I'm sorry, may want to do that. And also, and I can attest to this, you just look at um, these handsome young kids over here. Mm -hmm. They're Gen Z, right? They're most concerned about dressing better. <laughs> and I don't know if Luke Howell is on with us this morning, but Luke is my, um, he's a sophomore, is that right? Sophomore, grandson that lives in Utah. Let me tell you, he is all about his drip, right? That's what it's called, your drip with your style of clothes, right? He loves the skater drip and he wears it well. So, <laughs> dressing better also. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, that's kind of a generational breakdown. Regionally, you're not going to be surprised about this all. Regionally, losing weight is more important for those that live in the Midwest, right, Deb? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about the Midwest, right? They don't get out in the winter. You just kind of watch TV and, you know, and have fun like that. And so losing weight is, is important. Exercising is more important for those on the West Coast. That doesn't make any, you know, that makes sense, right? This is the one you're going to like, though. The southern states find it more important to drink less alcohol than any other region. <laughs> Oh, wow. The Northeast has more people that would like to stop drinking completely, though. The Northeast is almost twice as likely to want to spend more time volunteering in the community. Millennials on the West Coast are the most concerned with getting a work promotion or a raise. And this is an interesting split. Urban dwellers were more likely to keep all of their resolutions um, at 10% and than rural residents who were least likely. They only kept 4%. Given that out of all of the participants that participated in these surveys, right, more than half of them think that resolutions are worthless. So do we even need a fresh start, right? Resolutions are worthless. Do we need a fresh start? What are we going to do with that? So that was the that was the fun part. I think our hearts need a fresh start. Hearts always yeah, need a fresh start. We're trying to create... Yes. Dynamic in our heart. We're using the fresh start. Yes, right. exactly. And we'll, and that dovetails beautifully with what we'll end up talking about. And those so, statistics, no more resolutions is a resolution. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> says the lawyer. Yeah. Without prejudice. Yeah. Right. So, fresh start, a fresh start is defined as an opportunity to start over without prejudice. Now, prejudice is a big word, and that means um, it actually has three parts an unfavorable opinion or feeling formed beforehand or without knowledge, thought, or reason. Any preconceived opinion or feeling, either favorable or unfavorable, and unreasonable feelings, opinions, or attitudes, especially of a hostile nature regarding racial, religious, or national groups. So, let's rest restate the definition of fresh start as 
an opportunity to start over without any preconceived ideas, thoughts, opinions, or attitudes, whether they be favorable or unfavorable. Hmm. So kind of keep that in the back of your mind as we go forward as to what that really means. Now, the thing that blew me away as I was doing this was looking at the synonyms for fresh start. And there's two of them. One is clean slate, which is an opportunity to start fresh despite past mistakes or problems. And then there's a Latin version of that called tabula rasa, which literally means slate wiped clean. And that comes from um, the times when slates were basically coated in wax, and then they wrote on them, and then if they wanted to, to start again, they'd melt the wax and wipe it clean, start clean again. So tabula rasa is the definition of that, is a mind not yet affected by experiences or impressions. And this is the, the, the definition that I really like. Anything existing undisturbed in its original pure state. Mm. Do you think Adam would have liked to have a tabula rasa mm -hmm. after the fall? Mm -hmm. To be returned to the original pure mm -hmm. state, mm -hmm. undisturbed, walking in the cool of the day with the Lord? Yeah. 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 So talking about this is really, is really good stuff. Um, a couple of, of secular thoughts on fresh starts, just a couple of sayings that you'll probably see on Facebook or someplace else, right? Henry Ward Beecher said, every man should be born again on the first day of January. Start with a fresh page. Every day I feel a is a blessing from God, and I consider it a new beginning. Yeah, everything is beautiful. Prince said that. <laughs> and every sunset is a chance to reset. Every daybreak starts with new eyes. I bet if I went and looked on the photos of all of your phones, you'd find sunset, sunset. I know you and I have sunset, sunrise photos on our phones. But it's a, we do that, I think, because it gives us that sense of, wow, this is great. This is what's before me or this is what's behind me, depending if it's a sunrise or a sunset. So we, we have, I think we have a natural gravity and tendency to, to look to those kind of things because of what our heart says, which is what Greg mentioned. And then we must be willing to get rid of the life we planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. The old skin has to be shed before the new one can come, which has a very close semblance to Luke 5.37, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskin will perish. <laughs> so do you all have any kind of pithy statement that you, you know, you come into New Year with that you, you think about? And I'm not going to put anybody on the spot, but if you don't. I just thought of that scripture that says, forgetting what lies behind, we press on right. toward the mark of thy calling. Right. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, no, that's good. Anybody else have any others? Well, which the scripture you read in the beginning, uh, our number one desire is to have life. Yes. Yes. And so we can go around in circles looking for that life when it's actually. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's fun to kind of take a look at this, right? So as we we're going to look at a couple of verses now. As we do that, kind of, kind of, we've talked before about having a filter, right? That everything goes through, right? So kind of put this in your filter box and see how, how this um, lends to understanding what that verse might be talking about and what God might be doing um, as a result of the words that are in that verse. So we'll start first with, um, is there an eraser? There is an eraser. Okay, I'm doing away with top 10. What I'll do is write the scriptures up here. So <clears throat> you have them, you can write them down. Anybody wants my notes? They're highly valuable. I'm sure you like them. How much? <laughs> yeah. We'll start a bidding war. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. That says, Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. 
Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So when Isaiah penned this, Israel was in exile and captivity, right? And I think what God wanted to do was to get Israel's eyes on the new work that he was going to be doing uh, in them. And so he gave them a reminder. He said, don't think about the old things, right? Don't, don't remember the former things. Because if you're stuck in failure and sin and discouragement, you're stuck in the past, then you will never have, you'll be blind to seeing the things that God is going to do for you and move you forward into the future. So um, I think we all get mired down into our own, and I'll put it in terms of our own captivity and our own wilderness, and often forget to look to God. We have things that the, the world, I think, presses in on us so deeply and so hard that it, it, if we don't take a deep breath and get a fresh start, right, we'll miss what God is trying to show us because we're captivated by what's behind us. And the distance between where Israel was in captivity and their homeland, you know, Jerusalem, was a very long way. There's a lot of wilderness. And so for them to consider where they had to go and what had to happen for them to get there was a challenge. But God was telling them, stand by. I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to show you um, what I can do, right? He always wants good for us. He always wants his best for us. But so often the world beats us down and we forget to look. We look at ourselves and our circumstances instead of looking to Abba. What does he tell us? He says, I will make a way, even in the wilderness, even in the desert. Let us look for tabula rasa, a mind not affected by past mistakes, experiences, or impressions, so that we might be available for God's fresh start in our lives. So that's Isaiah 43, 18, and 19. Any, any other thoughts or ideas that you might want to share for that? I think the biggest impudence, interference with moving forward is thinking about the past. Mm -hmm. Yes, you cannot go forward when you're thinking backwards. It's right. just impossible. Right. Totally. To keep building on that context, they were in exile. Right. And so their minds would have been filled with Jerusalem, the city being destroyed, right? Mm -hmm. It's not there anymore. So their minds would have been filled with the old world, right? Yes. And wanting the old world. And so God would have been telling them not to think or want the world, but to think on what he's going to do. Right. And interestingly enough, the Jewish New Year is not January 1st. Mm -hmm. Are you going to get to that? No. Okay. Well, I didn't want to like. No, it's okay. Down. No, it's the no. Jewish New Year is Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Right. And the concept of Rosh Hashanah is that that's the year the world was created. And the the declaration of Rosh Hashanah or Happy New Year speaks of creation and God creating, mm -hmm. which in the Jewish mind would speak of the restoration or the restitution of all things. Right. And yeah. so it was looking forward to a new creation yeah. is what the, the Rosh Hashanah would be. Because, you know, <laughs> Yom Kippur would, would quickly follow up, which would be the Day of Atonement, <laughs> which I know we've been taught atonement is about being punished. But if you look in the, the ancient Jewish concepts, atonement is about God restoring. It's about God restoring all things. Right? And so in Isaiah, God's pointing them to the work he's going to do. Right? Yeah. To create something new. Yeah. Right? To right. create for them and to think of the new creation yeah. and not to think of the old. And like for us, Happy New Year, we want our minds to be filled with the new creation and not this world. Yes. Right? Exactly. That that's kind of, if you if you mix in uh, the spirit with the worldly tradition. That's what Isaiah would be talking about. So often for us, our minds are filled with the world. Yeah. Like all those resolutions you just read on. <laughs> That's right. They're all, all about the, the life we have in the world. Yes. What are we going to do to build ourselves a life in the world? Right. And our mind is filled with the life we have from the world. And how can we fix it? And how can we make it better? And how can we make it beautiful? And how can we get people to love it? And how can we feel good about it? Where God would be saying, have you considered the creation that I made? Yeah. When I raised Jesus from the dead. Mm -hmm. Right? He would be talking about, if you want to resolve 
to do something, resolve to have your mind filled with the new creation. Yes. Right? Right. Let, I'm, I'm doing something different. I have done something different. I built a lot. Right? Yes. Um, right. And that dovetails beautifully with the next verse. Absolutely. <laughs> First Peter 1 Peter 1.3. <clears throat> This one I'm going to read in King James and also the, um, the faith translation. Um, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So that's the King James. This is the uh, faith translation. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who by his strength alone and according to his loving kindness and abundant mercy has rescued us from the dead, recreating us in Christ again to assure hope of the same life and likeness to be revealed in us that lives in immortal flesh and bone at the Father's right hand by the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So to me, Peter here is describing exactly what you said, Greg, the ultimate fresh start. Right, the ultimate fresh start. That God, through Jesus, has rescued us from the dead and recreated us into his very likeness and life. It's a fresh start, an opportunity to begin with no regard for the past. And I think this is one of those places where the modern church has given lip service to a fresh start, right? They, they um, say, we all need a fresh start, but then they quickly abandon that fresh start and return to the past. They return to bringing sin consciousness forward and, and having that in your life. They return to saying, look, you need to strive to do this. You need to, you know, you need to work to do this. It fails to become a fresh start. We end up having more altar calls, more rededications, more recommitments, more revivals, more RE, whatever you want to put again and again. And we don't forget what lies behind us. We, we continue to focus there and we miss. To me, that's one of the key things this church has brought to my life, is that I no longer worry about what's behind me, but it's what God has done that lies before me that's really important. So it fails to become a fresh start for so many people. And thus, we go back to, as you said, all of those resolutions, whether they're spiritual resolutions or whether they're, they're carnal or secular resolutions. We go back trying to start again and again and again instead of just relying on what God has done and living out of that. Um, yeah, Jay. Yes. Yeah, it's like if, if you don't have something that appears before you that draws your attention to it, this lively hope that we see in Jesus, this resurrection from the dead that that can be our resurrection if, if 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 that isn't before you you inevitably find yourself constantly looking to the past yes something has to appear before us a lively hope that we can trust in and, and be secure in <laughs> that, that that draws us to it you see what i'm saying yes. otherwise you're constantly trying to correct the things of the past right and that's where mm -hmm. resolutions come well, from there's you know, there's yeah. past and then there's past. <laughs> so, you know, you can look back and you can see the promises that he has kept in the past, mm -hmm. which yeah. then, you know, builds courage for the future. And so you need, need not dwell on your failures and forgiveness. You need to dwell on his successes in your life, in the life of the world, and praising him or that mm -hmm. right second corinthians five seventeen. therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation all things have passed away right all things have passed away behold all things have become new so that's that's another one second corinthians five seventeen. i think we've we've touched on a lot of those and i wrote some notes i said this is a fresh start with impact and change that is beyond any resolution to accomplish, right? This is the work of God 
in a person's life. Removing the old man, the man that lived by his own strength and replacing it with the new man, the new man whose belief system says it has already been accomplished. Mm -hmm. Rest in the Father and his goodness to bring forth his life in you. It's good Amen. stuff. Good stuff. Here's one I really like. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. The reason I like this verse is because I think it speaks to what I call the everlasting design and desire for life, for the life of God in us. That it speaks to eternity, right? I think it's... Um, it's our consideration of eternity. It's that um, the fact that he's placed that in our heart that is what drives so many resolutions. It's just like you said, we try to, we try to manage that sense of eternity in our own strength. And the only way that we know to do it if we haven't been taught properly is by making resolutions, is by reading things carnally, is by you know struggling to do it in our own strength. And I just, you know, the idea of, of eternity has become one that has become, for me, in the last year, very, very significant. And let me tell you one quick story of what happened. One night after Bible study, after y'all had left, Greg was hanging around with us. And I said, you know, I just don't really feel like I want to embrace eternal life completely. He said, well, why? I said, well, you know, I got 10 grandkids and I want to see them grow up. I see him get married. I want to see their kids. And he said, well, is there anything lacking in eternity? And I was like, oh, my God. The light went on in my head and in my heart. Mm -hmm. That, you know, if I don't see all of my grandkids grow up and get married, I'm still not going to miss out. Because there's no missing out on anything. There's no lack in eternal life. Mm -hmm. And that really changed my heart and the way I think about eternity. And now it's okay if I don't get to see, you know, I, it's my heart's desire to do that. And I trust that he's going to fulfill that desire. But if I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to be missing out anymore. So I think that's part of, of what Solomon was talking about in Ecclesiastes, that, that God has set eternity in the human heart. And we all have that desire and that longing for that eternity to be manifest in us in an everyday situation. So you have any thoughts on that one? It's, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the idea of New Year's resolutions is like a subconscious thing that we're busy with and we don't even realize. Human beings desire a new life. And so we look at the life we have and we desire a new life. Something tells us there's something wrong with this life and we want a new life. And so the new year, even in the ancient Hebrew world, Happy New Year was to speak about God creating. Yeah. And um, so we sit with this desire, and so then we resolve to bring about a new life. That's why we come with resolutions. But the thing that Scripture is trying to teach us is that God resolved yeah. a thing. And that God resolved to give us a new life. And he done something to resolve it. And he's not fickle like the people in that survey. Right. Where 75% are, are still with it after one week or half or are not with it anymore after six months. He's not fickle, right? right. He stuck yeah. to what he was resolved to do. Yes. Yeah. And when you say Happy New Year, you, you're, it's like a silent word. If we captured its essence, it would be to declare to each other, God is resolved to give us a new life. <laughs> right? And see, our mind would become filled with his resolution mm -hmm. yes. instead of our own resolution. Yes. Mm -hmm. But right. yeah, yeah, if you're talking about all those things, yeah. I love how you brought Solomon into it. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I what I think of. Mm. Okay, I'm I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. We're gonna skip a couple of verses. Um And it seems like an obvious observation about what a fresh start is all about. Um, but I will tell you, I've been encouraged and I've been captured by the idea that a fresh start comes with no regard to the past. Mm -hmm. It is without prejudice 
there is no consideration for what has already occurred. When we consider the phrase tabula rasa, anything existing undisturbed in its pure original state, I am even more encouraged. What was our original pure state? What was it like for Adam and Eve before the fall? Right? Walking in the cool of the day with God, sharing in his life and depending on him for everything. So what a great place to be. And picking up exactly on what you were saying, you know, what a great fresh start every day that they had, right? Mm -hmm. To be in that in that place. Um, I want to jump now, let's just talk about a couple of biblical characters and some of their fresh starts. And you could spend like weeks doing this, but I wanted to pick out just a couple. Um, the first one that jumped out at me was Joseph. So, you know, Joseph was rejected by his brothers. He was abandoned into a pit, sold into slavery, uh, ended up in Egypt, where he rose to second in command, uh, only to Pharaoh in Egypt. But then Potiphar's wife got involved, and um, things didn't go well for Joseph after that. He ended up rejecting her uh, advances and was imprisoned. And not just in prison for a short time, he was in prison for years. And he had a little glimmer of hope there when the cupbearer and the wine and the, and the wine taster or the baker and the cupbearer, you know, had their dreams interpreted. And they went and told Pharaoh the dreams, and they came true. And Joseph was told him, "Remember who? Remember me? You know, remember me to Pharaoh." It didn't happen. They forgot all about him. Then Pharaoh has a dream, right? And Joseph is brought forward to to interpret that dream. And once again, because of his interpretation, and actually because of God's hand on his life. He's elevated to second in command and gets Egypt through the seven years of feast and into the seven years of famine. And in the seven years of famine, his family, um, which is back at home now, comes to Egypt to give food. And they see Joseph. And here's the opportunity for a fresh start, right? Joseph now sees his brothers. They don't recognize who he is. They have no clue. But Joseph knows who they are and sees that, um, that he can intervene in their life in a godly way, in a way that that will bring life to them by providing them food, and then ultimately bringing the entire family to Egypt, where Pharaoh says, this is your family, you know, you get the best of everything. Um, this is one of those, those stories um, where Joseph's past is completely overcome with a future that only God could orchestrate for him, right? It's one of those where we always say, you know, things meant for bad, but they turned out for good, or a paraphrase to that, to that amount. But um, I thought that was that was a, a good starting place for biblical characters with fresh starts. Any thoughts on Joseph? Any of y'all? Thank goodness he didn't dwell in the past. Yes, right. <laughs> what if he What if he left his, you know, himself back in the pit? Right. And, and woe is me. I'm back in the pit. Woe is me. I'm sold into slavery and never never achieved the greatness that he did in Egypt, mm -hmm. you know, rising to second in command twice, not once, but twice. Mm -hmm. And same with imprisonment. I wonder if he, it doesn't really say this, but it's interesting because when you look back, God was telling in his dream. Yes, right. That he was going, what was going to happen. Yeah. And I wonder if when he was in prison and all those things, if he was thinking of or that the dream yeah. Yeah. And, and thinking of what God would do. Right, I I wonder if that if that did help sustain him. Right, um, that's a real that. But yeah, would think about if he would have spent all his time whining about his circumstances. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. I mean, <laughs> right, or yeah. holding a grudge against his brothers. I or mean, holding yeah. a grudge. Yeah. Right, yeah. he could have thrown them all in jail. Yeah, right. <laughs> Instead of feeding them. <laughs> yeah. And things have not changed. We, you know, you, <clears throat> we go look at the world around us. Oh my gosh. Just like him, right? Yes. With those circumstances, you have a choice. You do. Indeed. Indeed. So let's talk about Job. There's another one who had an opportunity <laughs> for a fresh start. So Job 1.1 starts off, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and turned away from evil. So he was considered the greatest man of, of all the people, the greatest man among all the people of the East. Now, why would Job need a fresh start? I mean, given that introduction to right, Job is, right. right? The greatest in the, in the East? Well, you know, in one day, he loses seven sons, three daughters. 
He loses all of his servants. He loses all of his, basically, his possession, all of his animals. Um, all in one day, gone. Right? Shortly thereafter, he loses his health. Right. Ouch. Yes. Right? And then his wife and his three friends, friends, come and torment him with what they tell him he needs to do. And he gets to the point where he curses life, but he does not curse God. Right? So remember the definition of what a fresh start is, an opportunity to start over without prejudice. God brings the opportunity to Job uh, once Job realizes that his understanding and knowledge of who God is is wrong. He had not known God as he truly was, and once he came to the understanding, he, God provided him a fresh start, not holding his ignorance against him. He restores everything back to Job, including all of his possessions, times two. So um, to me, that was an incredible fresh start. That, but it was one where, I mean, Job, again, he could have dwelt in what had happened in the past, but he comes to the realization, you know, God, I don't know who you are. I've only known of you. I haven't known you. And when God realizes that he's come to that conclusion, then, you know, basically he restores him. He provides him a fresh start without prejudice. So that was Job. Any thoughts on Job? Do you think it was the, the knowledge of God that gave him the fresh start? What would you say about that? What do you think gave him the fresh start? I think what gave him the fresh start was the realization that he did not know who God was. Yeah. That he knew of God, as so many people do today. They know of God, but they don't have that personal knowledge that Job ended up coming to coming to grips with over the you know the period that he suffered so much. I mean, during that period, many of us would, would curse God and die, right? But Job wasn't willing to do that. He was willing to, to trust. He said, my Redeemer lives, mm -hmm. right? And he yeah. was willing to, to consider who his Redeemer was and what his Redeemer would do in, in his life, to be, to be redeemed to that first start. Yeah. I think it's just a perfect example of the world pressing in and how he, I mean, he just stood in his faith. He never wavered one time. Right. So. Right. Mm -hmm. Stubborn picture. and ornery. Yeah. <laughs> Stubborn and ornery. In a good ornery. way. <laughs> That's right. Good way. <laughs> um, so you, the Bible is, is full of fresh start stories. I mean, I, I've got like two or three more pages of fresh start stories here. Um, Paul. I think Paul is an awesome fresh start story, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If we look at Acts 9, mm -hmm. um, verse 1 said, well, take a step back. Paul gives us his, in Philippians, gives us his resume as a Jew, right? He, he says, I have confidence, even in, if I were to have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks to have confidence, I more. And here's what his resume was. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, as touching zeal, persecuting the church, as touching the righteous, righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. So as someone in the Jewish community, that's a pretty strong resume. Mm -hmm. Pretty strong resume. And looking back at that point in time, Saul would probably have said, I don't need a fresh start. But here's what I just told you I was, right? I'm all of these things and more. Why do I need a fresh start? Uh, but, but God had different ideas, right? <laughs> so Paul goes and gets letters um, from the high priest to take to the church in Damascus to imprison and, and bring back any believers, any Christ followers that he finds in Damascus. But on the way, uh, in Acts 9 we read, but Saul, yet breathing, threatening, and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, asked him of letters to Damascus under the synagogues, that if he found that were any that were of the way, that were believers, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, it came to pass that he drew nigh unto Damascus, and suddenly there shone round about him a light out of heaven. And he fell upon the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and enter into the city, and it shall be told thee what you must do. And the men that journeyed with him stood speechless, 
hearing the voice, but beholding no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. And then they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and did neither eat nor drink. So Paul, at this point, gets a fresh start, an opportunity to start again without prejudice, um, without regard for his past, his persecution of Jesus and his followers. And the impact of that fresh start, as we all know, is world-shaking, right? It's absolutely world-shaking when you consider how much of the New Testament has been written by Paul, how his interpretation of Jesus and the life of Jesus has so molded, in particular, those of us in this church, but of the church in general. Any other thoughts on Paul? I mean, it's a big, it's a big one to grasp. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we could we could spend there a long time on Paul. Here's here's just a couple. Yeah, along I mean, along with his personal fresh start, came a whole revelation of the scripture. Yes, that right. completely changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jesus initiates it all with the fresh start with the scriptures, where Paul comes and says, "We're ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter." But of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and so he, along with his fresh start, personally, came a fresh, a freshness with how to interpret all the scriptures. Right. Theologically, yeah, yeah, which completely changed everything. Right, right. Yeah, I, one of the things I marvel at is what that would have been like for Paul to sit with Jesus, to have Jesus unravel all of that stuff that he, you know, the the whole Old Testament that he had come to know and love so deeply, right? To in a matter of I don't know. Moments, weeks, days, I don't know, it's not given to us how long it was, but to have that unraveled in his thinking and then re-raveled in a correct way, the way um, the way Christ saw it as the, you know, the word made flesh was incredible. I was going to say, in the very opening of the book of Romans, Paul says, Paul, who is set apart unto the gospel of God. And it's kind of interesting, but, you know, Paul... Paul's writings came to us after the Lord had come, mm-hmm. died, buried, resurrected, mm-hmm. ascended to glory and everything. And uh, But it was Paul who explained to us what the gospel actually is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there were people back then, if you asked them what the gospel was, would be very confused, wouldn't even know that there was such a thing as a good news as good news. Mm-hmm. And even today, people have a confused understanding of what mm-hmm. the gospel is. Certainly. But it is Paul who, through that fresh start, through that resurrection from the dead, was enabled and empowered to explain to us the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it, people would be have a pretty good fresh start if they go back to his writings yes. to determine for themselves what the truth of God is, what the gospel is, instead of going to people who have been teaching uh, a supposed gospel that is not really not the gospel at all, but go back to the one who was given the revelation of the gospel to begin with, and that's the Apostle Paul in his writings to us. His fresh start causes the whole world to have a new fresh start Mm -hmm. in their understanding of what the gospel actually is. That's a profound statement, what you just said, in terms of his fresh start caused the whole world to come to a fresh start. That's really cool. I think think it's significant. I think our dad knew in Paul's heart, I think Paul knew there's something about Jesus. And after seeing Stephen saying, forgive them, I mean, he was probably... He never saw that before, right, right? Right. So he knew what was in Paul's heart. So he didn't say, "Why are you killing these people?" He said, "No." He said, "Why are you persecuting me?" Mm-hmm. And that that pierced him. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he yeah. knew. Yeah. Wow. That's right. I am persecuted. You know, he he had an agenda, right? And a carnal mind and yeah. law, and he just saw it as, "Wait a minute. There's something here." I think that's why I said, why are you persecuting me? Yeah. Yeah. And Paul knew exactly what he meant. Yes. It's like that. But I think, too, um, talking about the fresh start and what we said, you know, not looking behind. If Paul had looked behind what he did and dwelt on the guilt of 
having mm-hmm. fought against Christ and fought against the Christians and what God was trying to do if he had lived there instead of looking ahead none of that would have happened what if he lived there and just never left the law right what if, you know what what if he drugged the law along with him yeah in terms of the carnal interpretation of the law right, right. that would have been that would have been a, a problem big problem so so here's a couple of others you can you can consider in your own study time how about Lazarus and his new start, right? <laughs> Dead, alive. <laughs> That's a good guess. How about the woman caught in adultery, right? Naked and unaware of the forgiveness of God, forgiven and free, right? Her fresh start begins when Jesus tells her to go and sin no more, mm-hmm. right? The prodigal son, selfish, overwhelmed by failure and death, feels abandoned and alone and orphaned without a father, Restored to family, unconditionally loved and, ex- and accepted in spite of his past. And then if we want to spend another couple of years, we can talk about Jesus and the fresh start that he gives to each one of us. You know, there's the... I struggled with what even to, to, um, to lay out in terms of, of what you would say about Jesus and a fresh start. Because... His fresh start really isn't for him as much as it's for us, mm-hmm. right? The fresh start that he gave us through his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension to the right hand of the Father, mm-hmm. that we might have immortality. We might have an incorruptible, glorified, eternal life. Um, he's provided a way for all of us to have that fresh start. And I think that's the, that's the key uh, to all of that we've been talking about this morning is that Jesus is that way for us to have that new start. If you if you are struggling with the past, you don't need to struggle with the past. Jesus has given us a fresh start in doing that. Mm-hmm. I think that when you when you when uh, John writes about Jesus and he says, if all the things that were written that he had accomplished were written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books. Yes, because the things that he did affected every human being that ever, that, that has ever existed. Right. right, right. So, what about your fresh start? Does anybody <laughs> have anybody anything they'd like to share about a fresh start in your life, one way or another? There's no pressure to share, but it's just family. So. Well, for me personally, I felt like I didn't really need a fresh start because where I left off in the old year and going into the new year, having God with me and just, you know, having him be the love of my life doesn't require fresh start. It's just a continuation of what he already started. Yeah, those were kind of my closing thoughts, right? I don't do resolutions anymore. <laughs> I haven't done them. Last time I did resolution was probably in before 2012, before I retired. Once I retired, resolutions were gone. <laughs> so, but the same thing, right? When you when you really sit down and think about it, a resolution is managing lack. Right. A resolution is trying to manage an area in your life where you see lack. Right. And we and if we have an understanding of who we are, our true identity, and who God's identity is, and what eternal life is, then there's no lack. Right. Right. Like the story I shared, there's no lack. And it's that's a beautiful to me looking looking back, what the past was like when I did the New Year's resolutions you know it's a beautiful place to be yes it is indeed you mean you've been satisfied by god yeah. <laughs> you can actually do that yeah <laughs> well i gotta tell you so if you want to go on a diet just go on a diet okay right but to make a resolution out of it you you setting yourself up that's really right there you know failure 
Right. Especially if you're a boomer, because then only 2% of you are going to succeed. <laughs> That's right. I, I, like this, he, <clears throat> I like to think of him as always fresh. That well that I think is only so deep, right. it never ends. Right. And that always yeah. blows my mind. Yeah. It always is. I, I kind of limit, I thought, I think I kind of limited him. Yeah. And there is no limit. Right. And that, that excites me. And it um, makes me happy, mm -hmm. and it, uh, and I feel um, loved, completely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In Revelations, where it says, "Behold, I make all things new." Mm -hmm. Well, that's when He's ushering in the eternal kingdom, and we're going to be in that eternal kingdom. And He says, "Behold, I make all things new." But we've all been in the Lord for years. Right. So if he's making it new, you know, how's he making it new? Right. It's about his bringing to fruition mm -hmm. a newness that never ends. When he says he, he makes all things new, they will forever be new. Amen. So like he's that, provided for us forever right? new. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And, That's and cool. I like that, you know, today is the day to rejoice and be glad. Don't take thought of the past. Don't be concerned of the future. Today is the day. You just take it one day at a time. And I think every day is a fresh start with Jesus. And goes back to with Maurice, the newness, because he's constantly washing us and changing us and bringing forth that life. Yeah, right. And it's, uh, as Billy said, the infinite well of, of yes. love and resources to never, bring to us. Never ends. Yeah, never ends. Never ends. But one thing I really appreciated about all the statistics you were bringing out in the beginning is it just gives testimony to the strength of willpower. Yeah. And there is none. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> the strength of willpower. Yeah, that's right. The but, yet, but yet God has dropped <laughs> eternity in our heart. And there's nothing that we can do with our willpower to exercise ourselves toward that. Yes. All we can do is behold it. Yes. Yes. And as we behold that, we're conformed into that image. He does it with his strength. Yes. He that has begun a good work in you will bring it to pass. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. Doesn't require any willpower. Right. It's so miserable, too, trying to stick to that stuff. Yes. You are not living life and enjoying life. No, no. No, just go to the gym on tomorrow morning and look at the faces. <laughs> I will say, though, as somebody that trains people every single day, when you do think of your body as something that's been gifted to you, you do want to take care of it. And so it's like there's nothing wrong with eating right and exercising. Because I will say last year, I kind of just said, this is going to be the year that I just enjoy life. And I kind of, I mean, I never stopped working out because I enjoy it, but I slacked a lot. And I'm okay with it. I don't regret it. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that it put me in a pit of feeling bad for myself mm -hmm. because I wasn't eating well and I wasn't taking care of my body the same. Yeah. And so I think that made me look at the world more than it does when I do eat right and exercise. Because I do that because I love it and I enjoy it. And I think of it as a renewing of my body and my mind. I guess. It's well, part of the um, desire of your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think for people to just say like, oh, I'm just going to eat and be merry, it does not make you feel better. <laughs> you know? Well, I can attest to that. Only if you can die tomorrow. Yeah, yeah right. So, <laughs> I don't like when people throw it out the window completely, yeah. but don't do it for the wrong reasons. Right, don't do it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Do it, no, like have the proper foundation, right? Like yeah. yes. God has so deeply valued your body that he's glorified it with immortality, yes. right? And 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 instead of trying to will yourself to care for yourself, if you don't if you don't find just a, a love for your own body, man, talk with God about what what do you see? What do you find so valuable here? I want what you think about my body to be born in me, and then you can find the strength, right, to to walk that out, right, where you find that you you you're caring about your life like God, does, right, right, and it doesn't become some burden or some heavy thing. Right. You know, exactly. I'll tell you what, I've had fun up here today. I've enjoyed all of your inputs. I enjoyed our GRC family feud that we got to do together. That was that was a fun. And um, I just rejoice that we are such a gloriously knit together family. Not just Amen. here, but also to all the folks that are online. 
And we love you guys dearly. And you are as much a part of this group as those who are sitting here. And it's the desire of our heart that we'd be able to reach out and hug you, believe me, and have you come and, and join a, a meal with us. Um, but we love having you here every single week. A healthy before. meal. So let's pray. Father, we just bless you and thank you. Thank you that um, you have a new start for each one of us and that the desires of our heart are there um, because you placed them there. And then we can pursue those and pursue them with all the passion and desire that we have, knowing that, um, Lord, you're, you're the one who put them there and, and you're the one who's going to guide us into those things. Thank you for the time we've had together here. Thank you for all of our family online, for all of our family here. Father, I pray that you just continue to be Emmanuel, God with us in each one of our hearts. Um, and we just rejoice and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.